Back again, everybody, with the 13th episode of the Kicker's Corner Podcast. I know I messed it up um, in the intro of the actual podcast, like, audio, but it's the 13th episode. I was getting a little bit out of track. Um, but anyways, this evening, I know I didn't say his name in the beginning. That uh, audio was a little bit of a mess, but we've got South Dakota kicker um, Eddie Ogamba here. He's going to be telling us about his experience going from uh, Ghana to the United States and um, how he got to the point where he is, where he's playing um, or played Division One football and he's getting ready to uh, declare for the draft. And actually, as I'm making this recording, he declared a couple days ago. So I'm really proud of the guy. I know he's going to do great things. Whatever NFL team picks him up, they're getting a real weapon. Um, I'm really excited to see where he goes. I know he's going to um, be extremely successful in whether it's football, whatever he does in his life. So um, we're about to get into it. And if you like uh, what I have to say here today, share it with your friend and follow me so you know when the next one's coming. So let's get into it. Welcome, everybody, to the 11th, maybe 12th, I can't remember, actually, episode of the Kicker's Corner podcast. Uh, this afternoon, I have senior kicker standout um, South Dakota. Have you graduated yet? Yeah, I graduated in May. Okay, so South Dakota graduate. Yep. So the first thing I like to start out with is uh, what did your recruiting journey look like when you first started kicking? Or how did you get to uh, where you're at? I mean, it was pretty wild. Um so I started after high school. I went to junior college. Okay. Uh, Iowa, Iowa Western Community College. Um, played two years there, and then didn't really know what's gonna happen next. But um, God put people in my life to like help me out too with hard work and stuff. So ended up going to a camp there really well there, and then Iowa State got in contact with me, and I made myself a promise at the first school that was gonna offer me scholarship or walk on I was gonna go there so I stay out for me. And I went there for two years and I played my senior year I played three games and I ended up there in my quad against Oklahoma. And then uh took time off well rehabilitation. Um so didn't play the rest of the season and then I ended up um coming back in the spring. And just decided to find a new spot because I was looking for an opportunity to play somewhere and also to be able to afford school because I couldn't at the time because I was a walk-on. So. so that's kind of a little bit about my journey there. Yeah, for sure. So when you were coming out of high school, did you like, was the JUCO route something you wanted to do or is that just what your best opportunity was? No, no, no. That was not what I wanted to do. My, I was more fixed on playing soccer than anything. Um, I did have an opportunity to go play at a, a Division One program, but it ended up not working out because when I moved here from Africa, I got placed in the English learning classes because I couldn't speak like proper English well. Um, but NTA wanted to take regular English English classes, in which I did not um have the credits for and I didn't know about so. JUCO was like my only option after that. So that's kind of why I went that route. Oh, okay. So when did you move over here from Africa and what country did you come from? So I moved from Ghana um, and then I moved there, I believe it was July 26, 2011. Like 2011, 2012. 
So um, did you come with your parents or were you by yourself or why did you make that move over here? Yeah, it was just me and my dad. My dad lived here in the U.S., um, but my mom still lived back home. We tried moved out here with my dad. Oh, okay. All right. So how long you said you played soccer? Have you played that like your whole life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played my entire life since I was four, all the Okay. way up through high school. What position are you, or were you in soccer? So I play left wing and I play striker. But in high school, I play every single position except goalie. Okay, Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I'm a goalie, and then when I was, wasn't was in goal, I was in forward scoring goals, so. I got you. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. So at what point did you make the transition from soccer to football? Well, I guess you said you had that opportunity, but had you been playing both your whole career, or how'd that come about? Uh, it was my junior year. My high school coach was looking for a kicker and he came up to the field while doing captain's practice. It's like, oh, who has the biggest leg? And everybody liked pointing at me, which I was like, did not want to, like, you know, kind of do go that route. But um, it ended up working the way it did. So, like, I'll say junior year, I made that transition twice. Uh, but um, everything happens for a reason, you know? So. Oh, yeah, for sure. So when you first started, so did you like before, so I guess you said you hadn't went down that route. So what kind of coaching or like kicking coaching did you get when you first started? Or were you just like on your own in the beginning? So I was very raw. Um, I started working with Coach Chris Hughesby in the Twin Cities. Um, and then as time went by, I kind of did everything on my own wise with like studying film, um, understanding the technical part. Uh, to become a technical kicker, not just raw. Um, uh, somebody I watched a lot since junior college was Jason Myers. Just his form, just kind of like same, same pleasing and same um effective to me. So that's kind of why I've like kind of molded my form to since junior college to be kind of that way. And then once I got um. Going into Iowa State, and I started working with Coach Nick Novak. Um, so we've been working together for about, I want to say, three years now, three and a half years. No, so yeah, I got you. It's definitely it's crazy when you start out just like seeing um, like how your technique develops from when you start out coaching by yourself and obviously to where you are now. So what is like, I guess, besides little technical things, what do you think is like the biggest difference um, from when you first started kicking and to where you are now, I guess, besides like leg strength or like, you know, I'm getting that. Yeah, I would say the mental aspect, honestly. I Starting off, I didn't really understand. I mean, soccer, I, I knew the mental side of the game, but kicking, I didn't know that much. There's more that go into the mental aspect of the game than anything else. Um, being able to study film, understanding swing pattern, understanding swing path, understanding, hey, my hips need to do this at this second. or my foot needing to walk out at this second, like just understanding these things and like being able to kind of like go back, watch film, close my eyes, visualize, see myself out there on the field, um, doing these things, watching the snap gets back there, watching the holder hits the spot, watching my leg hit the ball, um, just closing my eyes and visualizing that. Um, that's something I feel like that's really been big and the biggest difference so far. And that's something I would advise a lot of kick, younger kickers to do, visualize. It sounds dumb, but 
it goes a long way. Even like guys who are, who are in the pros right now do that. So I would say visualization is something that's been the biggest difference in in my mental game. Okay, so yeah, like obviously you had a great performance in the Senior Bowl. I saw on your Instagram you've hit some hit some game winners. So is that what you attribute that to? Like, or if not, how do you like how do you prepare yourself for those moments? You know, where you the game's on the line, it's all up to you. Um, honestly, you just rely back on your process. I mean, I got called in with like two day notice. I only got one day with my snapper and holder to get a work in, and then the following day I did some drills. But the night before that, I just kind of visualized myself in different positions during the game to be able to go out there and execute what I needed to do. Um, I knew I had the best snapper in the country, and I knew I had the best holder in, in the country. I just needed to make sure that I go out there and trust myself, trust my swing path, trust those guys to do their job and put the ball to the uprights. So that's stuff. I believe that's what it is, honestly, just like that visualization aspect. The night before, I literally just visualized for like two hours to have fell asleep. Oh, and okay. then went yeah. and that was like basically the scenario yeah. kind of sold myself in. It sounds freaky a little bit, but no, literally. I think, yeah, I got that. you. So, um, so Brad Robbins was your holder, right, for the Senior Bowl? That's where you were. Yeah. What's he like? I've been a like I followed him on Instagram for a while. I've been a pretty big fan of him. Is he? What's he like in person? I mean, he's awesome. All those guys are awesome. Brad, he once I showed up, it just everything just clicked. Um, they were very welcoming. Um, knowing that I, I was coming in like as a replacement, um, they just took me on that wings, um, talked to him a little bit, got to understand who the person he is. And he's a big faith guy, which is important to me too. Um, I feel like that's what we kind of like bonded a little bit on. So, but yeah, he's awesome. Sure. And he's got a cannon of a leg. Oh yeah. I think his he's probably time, the best yeah. one in this draft. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. His hang time is crazy for real. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So I know you guys were only together for like a couple of days, but what do you think are like a thing or two you learned from him over those couple of days? It could be specialist wise uh, or life wise or whatever. Yeah, I would say keeping things light a bit, because um, you know, specialist job is a little bit. Um, it's it's very mentally demanding, but keeping it light. Um, he and just learning, how, watching him prepare and how he carry himself and. The character of a person that he is, that's something that I'll take. I will forever like take away from him. Um, something that I learned from him too. So, just always keeping it light, like even him going out there in practice, hitting hitting five balls. You always see a smile on his face, just hanging out with everybody. So, yeah, that's really cool. I think that's definitely part of what makes a specialist community. So, uh, so I guess I mean it's so great. Honestly, everybody's really yeah. you can get like. You can get super close with a guy just by like figuring out, oh, you're a specialist, I'm a specialist. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So you talked about the way he carries himself. Obviously, um, to be a great kicker, you gotta have plenty of confidence. So how did you personally, how did your confidence develop over your kicking journey? And how did how did you go about that if you did or if it came naturally? Yeah, I would say to preparation, honestly, and trusting the process. Um, that's something that my former coach um, Matt Campbell was talked about Iowa State trusting the process, um, falling back on the process when things don't go go your way the first or second time. 
But uh, I feel like the more you prepare, the more confident you become. That's something that David Goggins talked about a little bit, and that's somebody that I really listen to every morning. Um, he just talked about, like, he's like, the more you prepare, the more confidence you will have to go out there and do what you need to do. So I would say that's how I gain my confidence, um, trusting the process and falling back on my preparation every day. Yeah, for sure. So in that process, do you have, like, any superstitions or anything, like, special you have to do to, like, get in the, like, you know, you're ready to go before you're going to kick or, like, before a game or something? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's superstition. I would just say routine. Um, that's something I talk to, talk a lot about with my kicking coach, Nick Novak, now. Um, we talk about having a routine, a game day routine, like making sure that everything stays the same that day, whatever it is, the time I'm waking up, um, the time I'm like diving into God's word for a little bit, just making sure that those things like stay routine. But I want to say it's like some superstition. I would just say just making sure you have a solid routine every day to be able to, you know, go out there and get 1% better. Okay, yeah, I feel you. So with that 1% better bit, um, so I guess, I don't know ask this. So when you first started out and um, kicking, obviously, how did you find your process that you were able to now trust so well? Like, what was that like? I mean, it wasn't always easy. Uh, obviously, it was hard, but part of it is just, like, researching things, you know, like watching um, Jason Myers prepared for games, watching his interview, seeing how he he talks, how he responds to certain questions, how he talks about his process, um, watching Justin Tucker talk about his process and what's his mental state um, in certain situations. Um, I feel like that's kind of what I, like, picked minds from a little bit to be able to be where I'm at now, but just researching and learning things, reading books, um, listening to different podcasts. Uh, like, for instance, Thomas Morstead, he talked about um, guys chasing a big ball the whole time. He said uh, the turnover ball, like big ball gets you in the NFL, but your B balls like literally keeps you in the NFL. And that's something like a lot of college guys are now leaning to more. And that's why you see guys are so elite these days because they're not chasing that big ball anymore. They're chasing, okay, field position. A little pin, pin this ball on the sideline, be little numbers with like a 4-7 hang. Whereas like some guys who's trying to like chase that 5-0 ball, that it's just, it makes that them inconsistent, you know? Yeah, I got you. I went to, um, a couple of Cole's camps and Jamie Cole was talking. He actually took that from Thomas Moore said and said like his a plus ball was like, he has to swing so hard to get there. It's like so inconsistent, but mm -hmm. really finding that B plus ball or B plus ball, like B ball every time. That's like you said, that's going to keep you where you're at. I, that's something I try to stick to for sure. Yes, sir. Yeah. So do you, um, I guess, what are your steps now that you graduated? Are you trying to get in drafted or what do you, what are you working on? Yeah, working on getting drafted. Um, I have a couple of camps coming up. I have to go to Zonar's camp in like two weeks. Uh, but I'm out in California right now, training my kicking coach. Until there's actually my off day, we went back to back, two days in a row, which was really hard. Um, but just working on the fine tuning the details, and different things like tweaking little things to make the ball fly even better than what it has been. Um, but just Trusting the process again and trusting God to like handle everything else. I, I'm just focusing on things that I can't control, you know? 
Because at the end of the day, I can control what I can control. But at the end of the day, those people got to make those decisions. So Certainly, yeah. So I'm I'm a punter, so I think about it from a punter's perspective. There's a lot more variables with punting, not even just like outside the mechanics, like what you can do. And with right. kicking, you just got to put it through the uprights. So what do you think, I guess, as a kicker going into your draft, what do you what makes you unique? What's like your best um, card you have you have? Um, I would say my mental, um, my ability to bounce back from like a difficult situation. Um, I've replayed so much scenarios in my head that when I walk into a certain scenario and it doesn't go that way, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I've already been here before and I know how to respond to that compared to um like someone who doesn't know how to respond to that, you know? Mm-hmm. But I would say my ability and my ability to be very detailed when it comes down to kicking. Um, I'm kind of very, very nitpicky with certain things when it comes down to kicking, like I was explaining, like my hips has to be a certain way at a certain second. My counter arm has to be at a certain length. Like just little things like that makes a difference in the game. So I would say my mental ability and my abilities to be very detail-oriented when it comes down to kicking is what really will set me apart from a lot of guys out there. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I find me personally when I'm going out to work on something, um, I have to pick one thing to work on and then focus on that. Is that something you do or are you able to work on like multiple things at once? No, I believe in that domino effect. You fix you you focus on one thing, it affects the rest of everything else. So it's like even like during the week, I'll have one day where I only hit balls inside of forty. Um and then the next day I'll probably hit balls a little bit, kind of medium field goals, pushing it out a little bit. And then like on like the end of the week, I'll probably hit some kickoffs um, with longer range field goals just to open up a little bit more, you know. But just those things like working on my – keeping my right side back, like I'll focus on that, that day for keeping my right side back or keeping that ball longer on my foot. Um just like one thing every single day. And I'll go back and just watch film on there, kind of like visualize it happening. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. Um, oh, here, this is what I'll ask you. So kickoffs, I've per me personally, I've been struggling with kickoffs a lot. What do you think is the biggest, um, thing to think about on kicking off? With kickoffs. So I would say the biggest about kickoff, and I actually learned this from someone I really looked at, um, look up to. His name is Danny Ledet. Um, he played at Concordia for a little bit. Um, but he taught me, he said kickers just control chaos. So you you see a lot of guys that sprint at the ball and try to like just crush it. And then you watch me, I'm very slow to my approach, and then that split second I explode the ball so slow is better for me um for a lot of guys it might be a little different but slow is better for me that way i'm able to you know focus on my contacts focus on like locking my leg out and swinging up through the ball and finishing down the field um but i would say just focus on posture wise um focus on contact and focus on finishing down the field a little bit more and then the more comfortable you become, then you can try to speed it up a little bit 
but slow is better and that's something I've I've that's helped me out. That's why I'm able to hit the balls that I'm able to hit on kickoffs. Um but don't try don't rush into it. Don't don't sprint into it. That's why you see guys a lot of guys like miss hit and stuff like that and get to like the crazy spins. Mm-hmm. But I would say just focus on like slowing it down a little bit more first. Get used to it and mm-hmm. then start to speed it up. Right, yeah. So how did you find your steps on your kickoff? So I've played around with my kickoff steps a lot. I know I have a big leg and well I just switched it back to seven yards back and then five over. But I was ten yards before back and five over. But because of the leg strength that I have, I'm able to kinda of like a little bit like cheat it a little bit by going seven yards. So I've said just play around with it. Like based off your your size, your height and stuff, just play around with it. I know you probably got a big leg too. Um, but just play around with it and just see what's comfortable, what you feel. Um, it's comfortable and watch film on like NFL kickers too, watch them kick off, like use their steps, um, and just see if it'll work out. Like my steps in college when I was at Iowa State, I took a college kicker called Alex Probert. I'm watching him kick off. I like I took his steps and I tried it, and I just play around with it, and I realized, okay, well, this worked for me for that long. I'm just gonna switch it up because I'm able to hit a better ball now. So, okay, so I guess kicking it's definitely a lot less steps. But did you mess with your kicking steps at all, or? Well, I guess what is your step pattern? Do you jab or just one two? No, or? I'm a two stepper. Okay. I I. I did jab before, and that created some inconsistencies. But I took that out, and um, two-stepping now feels a lot comfortable. It feels a lot smoother, and I'm able to, like, work with good op times with those – with my steps, so. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, I guess me being – I'm going into college, but me being in high school, I didn't really think about – up time that much but is that something at the college level and I guess the NFL level that is really stressed is up time yes yes yeah time leader once you have 1.2 1.3 I think 133 is the highest they probably want you at anything higher than that is like slow because they can block block your kicks and stuff so in college my coach at Iowa State was very very on top of on top of um up time, even like on punt, he wanted you at one nine eight and like in the league they're like, Oh yeah, we will have you at two oh oh. But um just those like little things, being able to like work on all those kind of pressure scenarios to make sure that your up time is on point. So but yeah, you experience that in college once you get there. They'll probably like talk to you a little bit about it and see what's fits for you and what what's not fitting for you. So so when you started off college, what was the biggest change from high school to college uh, football? Um, I would say the speed of the game. High school, I feel like, is a lot slower than college. High school, I feel like you don't really have to worry about uptime so like that. Mm-hmm. But in college, they worry, they're very uptime focused, and they they really emphasize on having like really good up time. So I would say that was what was the biggest change. But once I got used to it, everything was just smooth. It was fine. 
So I've talked to some transfer guys um, already, and I guess I haven't ever asked this, and it's something I've thought about. What is the, as far as transferring from one college to another, what does that look like on the academic side for you personally? Um, I, well, I transferred three times. Well, I transferred from JUCO to Iowa State and then Iowa State to South Dakota. So basically two times. But um, the academic factor is like you 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 have to make sure you're on top of your academics, first of all, and then you have to make sure you're, you're communicating that with your advisor and making sure that your credits can be able to transfer. Because if you're transferring to another school, they might have a different curriculum that doesn't fit what your, your previous school was running. So being able to communicate that with them before hitting the porter, that would really help you out a lot because then they'll be able to tell you, okay, you want to go into this major, um, this is what you need, or do you have enough credit for that? Because usually that's how you get accepted into these schools because they will have to look at, look at the classes you've taken at your previous college and see if um, those credits can transfer into that major. So just talking to them and making sure that they're good. So that... um. I would say that would be like one thing that academic wise really helps out. Okay. So what are you majoring in or what did you major in? So I just finished my master's in sports management. Oh, okay. Yeah. So is that the kind of thing where you're going to just like um, go for the NFL for a while and for whatever reason, um, if you didn't, if it didn't end up working out, would you then go, into your career or is that something you're just going to keep hammering at until you get it? Um, I'm just going to keep hammering at the NFL thing until I get it. Honestly, usually they say, they tell you that right after college, you should probably give it two to three years. But um, I know the caliber of a kicker that I am. I know I can play at the next level. So I just need somebody to just to bet on me and give me an opportunity. I'll make the most of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, you know Marquette King, right? Yeah. So he's playing in the XFL this season. Would that be something, like, you'd be interested in if they were going to give you a shot? Or is it like, I mean, you'll just take anywhere that'll give you a shot, you know? Yeah, that would be something that I would be interested in. I mean, I'm draft eligible this year, so um, I got to make sure that I focus on just this one first and then mm -hmm. see what happens afterwards. But – I'm not closing those to anything, you know. So yes, just gotta sure. find it and focus on what opportunity presents itself. Okay, yeah. So what was your what's your go to pregame meal? I don't really like have like a specific one. Really? But I, yeah, but I do like to have eggs in the morning once for my pre. I'll say eggs and then. Some pancakes, sausages, and some fruits. That's about it. I I eat very light before a game. I don't like to eat very heavy. So how's the food uh, compared to here from Ghana? Uh, it's very very different, very very different. I mean, we eat a lot of the food back home is not really processed. It's spread out the open or like spread out of the garden. So I'll say that's one thing that's different, but just like the seasoning aspect of things is different also. Mm -hmm. We eat a lot of spice. 
In high school, what was your like, uh, what's your favorite memory from kicking? Like, was it in a game or what that was uh, like? I would say just being around my teammates, honestly. Every day being around them and whatever, soccer or football, just being around them, seeing how they, they prepared and like how much they care about the game and making memories outside of football too. That was something really special and that's something that really stuck with me throughout my high school career. And, and I'm just grateful for that. Yeah, for sure. So what is um I guess you've been you've been JUCO and then Iowa State and now South Dakota. What's the conditioning look like or your uh lift like your um lifting plan or whatever? Did that differentiate between the three a lot or was it kind of most of the same stuff? Well JUCO has something about that goes and that was different. <laughs> uh we wake up around four and we we lift at around like four thirty, four forty five, like AM. And that was like mat drills. I mean, I remember first mat drill down in Council Bluffs, our coach, head coach, Chris Crowmeyer, um, brought the bucket, this like big tough bucket, and he goes, Yeah, somebody's gonna need this so in the next one minute, not even like thirty seconds and those people already running to the bucket, but every every um every coaching every conditioning piece that I experienced has like really helped me mentally because these strength coaches put you in positions to crack you mentally and then build you back up. So um, there's a lot of guys that struggle with that. There's a lot of guys that struggle with taking instructions from these coaches, but. If you just trust the process and you trust these coaches to do their jobs and put you in positions, you'll be fine. I mean, I had, I had, top of the elite, like strength condition, strength and condition coaches at every level. So that's a good way to put it. I've never really heard it. Like, well, I guess I have maybe thought about it here and there, but I've never thought about that being like my main mindset. That's that's bigger than like the lift. Yeah. No, yeah, but you, 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 you'll have fun. There'll be times where you guys have fun in the weight room. Um, there'll be times where your strength and conditioning coach, like, will play like different competitive games and stuff like that. Um, just to keep it light a little bit. But for each level, I mean, I had Coach Hank House. He was at Iowa Western, and then I had um University of Pitt former strength and conditioning coach. He's actually like. Aaron Donald's personal trainer, um, coach um, at Iowa State. And then I finished out with Coach Cleet, who was mainly focused on um, Olympic lifting-wise, which was really good to be, like, a little, like, more explosive, too. So, Yeah, for sure. I was talking – I had a guy um, who was a punter for NC State, and he said they would do, like, in the spring and summer, do Navy SEAL stuff for their – conditioning they'd be like carrying boats out of water and stuff and I was like that's crazy man yeah we had we had so my strength coach at uh, South Dakota he was a military guy too and we had this thing called GPP the military conditioning that would push you to a place where you don't want to go <laughs> but it was good it tested you mentally and it helped you keep your teammates accountable too because you didn't you don't want to 
want um to go out there unprepared at certain levels. You want everybody to be on the same wavelength, you know. So that helped us work together, push each other each each day that we did that. So yeah, certainly. So what's the what are where's the loudest stadium that you've got the opportunity to play at? Ooh, loudest stadium. Honestly, it doesn't get louder than Jack Fryer Stadium. To be honest, that's, that's the atmosphere in that stadium is ridiculous. Like it's so loud, it gets so loud at Jack Fryer Stadium that I didn't hear my kickoff call on the field time, and I'm sitting standing there in the middle of the field. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna kick it in the back of the end zone because it was so loud, like mm -hmm. before kick started. So. Yeah, that happened to me earlier. I can't imagine that because we were playing in, like, I mean, it was small-town football. There's probably, like, I don't know, 300, 400 people there maybe. And it was so loud. We were supposed to run, like, a, like a fake onside, like the little dribble to the 10, and then I dive on it. And the coach called it off, but I didn't hear that. I, I recovered it, but, you know, I, I can't imagine it being that loud. That's just, That's insane. Yeah. He was like the first thing he said when I came off field. He was like, "Or no, he got our kickoff unit together and he looked at everybody except me. He was like, now all ten of you guys heard that I was calling that off, right?'" And they all said yes. And so I mean, I probably would have said yes, but yeah, I don't know how they heard him and I didn't, but I must have just been that locked in. <laughs> yeah, it's all good though. It's it's good to be that locked in, but at the same time, you know, you, you know how it is. You got to take care of the details. So yeah, for real. <laughs> So, um, talking, we were talking about coaches a little bit. How did the coaching style differentiate between South Dakota and Iowa State and your JUCO experience? Um, I wouldn't say that there was much of a difference. I feel like at every level, every level they have, there was like different, different processes. I would say, but um, like Iowa State was more player driven. Um, than anything else, um, junior college too, it was more player driven because we knew we want to get out of there, and we had to rely on each other to be able to do the job and get it done. And South Dakota too, there's a little bit of player driven, okay, but um, yeah. everything everything else was pretty solid. I would say. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good to hear that you had some continuity. Yeah. Sometimes the special teams, there's a lot of – obviously, you talk about the mental side preparing for all these variables, so it's nice to have some constant sometimes, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I'm not prying, but what do you think I would have to do to get some South Dakota or Iowa State gloves? <laughs> um, I don't have any – I have South Dakota gear at home. I have some Iowa State gear, but I can send you – some gear. I don't have gloves specifically, but I do have some gear I can send to you. All right. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to get you in trouble or anything, but no, 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 no. You got some South Dakota gear and some Iowa State gear, so I can send you some for sure. Oh yeah, I'll, I'm pulling for you, man. I gotta represent for sure. No problem, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the last thing I have for you. Um, in college playing Division One football, did you find it easy or hard to balance like a personal life? Um, I find it a little bit harder because you're busy twenty four seven. Mm -hmm. From 
7 a.m. in the morning, well, 6 a.m. in the morning to about 8, 9 p.m. That's your whole day. It's gone. So, I mean, weekends, you have a little bit of, like, a little bit of leeway or gaps if you don't have games. But it's very busy. But I would say trying to find, like, at least 10 minutes in the day where you can call home to your peoples and, like, you know, talk with them, tell them that you love them. Um, stuff like that, that goes a long way because you don't, you're not going to have the time like that. It's very busy. It's very, it's phys just, it's as mentally demanding as physically as it is. Um, with school wise, you have to go to tutor sessions and then you have to go to the meal and then you have a bunch of meetings every day, special teams, team meetings, stuff like that. It's very demanding, but I would say just finding like one like 10 minutes a day just to reach home and like call your peoples and tell them, Hey, I love you. Um, I appreciate you because ultimately you want to be at that level without those people being around you and giving you that guidance. So just making sure that you stay in touch with them goes a long way. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Obviously I'm not, I'm not going D1 at least as of right now. So I'm sure it probably won't be as strenuous, but, that's always been something that was a big part of when, even when I was going through the whole recruiting stuff, that was always in the back of my brain. Like, if I do this, I really got to be all in. So, yeah. Where are you planning on? Where are you planning on going? I'm going to Siena Heights University in Adrian, Michigan. It's NAIA. Okay, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, mm -hmm. like, let me tell you this. Ultimately, if you're good at any level, they'll find you. Yeah. It does. A lot of people get fixed on this whole D one thing, and trying to go Division one, and we should like there are perks of being at D one, but if you're good at any level, they will find you. You just have to focus on controlling what you can control, and that's your effort, your attitude, and your attention to detail every day. So, yeah, I got you, man. I'm I'm definitely excited. Um, so I'm just glad to keep playing football. So yeah. No, 100%. And one more thing I'll say for you is just don't be don't be the crowd pleaser. Big shout out to Eddie for hopping on the pod with me uh, this evening. He's, uh, as you guys can hear, he's really a really humble guy. He had a lot of things to say. Um, He's performed extremely well, but he 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 doesn't take any of the credit. But I'll, I'll be the first one to brag for him, man. That that guy's a great kicker with a big leg. Um, he can do it. He's done it at all levels. He's done it at the power five level. So he has what it takes to be in the NFL. And I really hope I get to buy one of his jerseys one day, <laughs> wherever he ends up. So my advice for today is uh, don't drop your phone on your cat's head because then she'll bite you, and it won't feel very nice. And now she we're not on speaking terms right now, but. I'm hoping she comes back around. Uh, I, I kind of miss Peaches. But that's neither here nor there. So if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with uh, anybody you know. Uh, follow me so you know when I upload the next one. Uh, like I said in the last uh, outro, I'm really trying to get on a consistent schedule. So hopefully I'm going to be either uploading every Monday and Friday or every Friday. And we'll see how long I stick to that. I'm going to do my best to stick to it. But... I uh, hope you all ha have a great evening, stay safe, and take care, and brush your hair.